pray that your Holy Spirit would just fill this place this morning, and I pray that you would open your Open our hearts to your word. Just open our hearts to hear your word and to hear the things you have to say to us this morning. I believe this is going to be a holy morning where you're just going to perform breakthroughs in people's lives. I pray that you would just open our hearts this morning in your holy name. Amen. Have you ever had just a really dark time and just not know what to do? I think as we grow older, we all have those moments in our life. Sometimes we wonder, why did... God let this happen. How could this happen to me? How did God let this occur? I've been serving him. I've been, I've been worshiping him. I've been in him. How did this happen? Whenever I have those moments, and it's fine because we all do, I always find that I turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms, I find, is one of just the most beautiful, most heart-wrenching books in the entire Bible. Did you know that actually the Psalms are the culmination of 1,000 years of praise, worship, and crying out to God. They actually did a study on when the first psalms was written about the time of Moses to when the last psalm was done. And it goes 1,000 years of how how it was described as I was studying this is God's favorite music track. We have music tracks that we listen to. We have our iTunes. This is God's favorite music track of a thousand years of his people praising him and worshiping him written into scriptures. Many of them are very raw. They don't pull their punches. We have even the Psalms of David right after he committed murder and what essentially was adultery with Bashi, but we have his psalm of prayer where he cries out to God and says, you know what, God, what you need right now is not sacrifices, which was big to say back then. What you need is he puts it a broken and contrite spirit you will not despise. They provide an example of being honest before the Lord, not trying to put up a front or to hide anything, I think sometimes we come before the Lord and we think we need to, we need to look good and we need, to, we need to feel good. But the Bible says in the book of Matthew that your father, our father, already knows what you need. He knows our hearts. He knows it all before coming to him. So we can just be honest when we come before him. We can be honest when we just come before him and say, you know what? Things right now are not, not that great. And one of the Psalms, and the Psalms I'd like to focus today, that I just, I just adore is Psalms 42. There's actually a, there is a song of the Psalms that is based on that by a band called Shane and Shane. It's called, very aptly, Psalms 42. You don't, you don't even have to make up a new title for a, for a song like that. Just, just type, God already made up the title. I'm just, I'm just going to title, title it that. It's actually a really good song. It's on YouTube. I would encourage you to go and listen to it. I, I was listening to it a little bit more than once as I, was, as I was preparing this, and God was just pouring into me. Psalms 42 tells a story as we go through the Psalms. It's a story I think that we can all identify with at some point in our life. If not now, then maybe sometime in the past It's a story of hard times, of calling out to God, of crying out to him for answers. It starts with this yearning, this absolute yearning for God, an acknowledgement that the psalmist is just going through some really tough times, some really, some just really difficult times. And so he reminds himself of the grace of God, of the mercies of God, and crying out in praise to him. 
And while times are still hard and the hurt that they're going through is still deep, as I know it is in, in those moments for many of us, they just keep crying out in praise. They keep crying out in worship and appealing to the mercy of God, to the glory of God. You know, I've been studying and doing a, a study on church history. And wow, if, if you ever want a story of the mercy and the grace of God, do a study on church history. You see intense persecution coming from outside the church up to around the year 300 AD from the Roman Empire. And then after the Roman Empire fell, you now have the age of Christendom where you now have corruption inside the church. If you, I can guarantee you, if you read uh, you know, about church history, you have a new light when you read uh, uh, about the Israelites screwing up. And you're like, yeah, I guess we're, we're not much different. But in all that, God moved. No matter how bad things got from the outside, no matter how corrupt people got from the inside, God's grace moved. God's mercy flowed. It reminds me of just how amazing God's mercy is. That When you see all that, and then you see God pour out miracles, and then you see God pour out love, and you think, I don't know if I could forgive them, let alone, now, okay, God forgive them. Okay, so maybe what I'm going through, God can have mercy here. God can, God can pour out some grace here. So let's step through this beautiful story of yearning, this story of loss, and this story of just abundant worship for our God in Psalms 42. And it's going to be on the back. You'll see it has the little, little numbers as we step through it because we're going to be stepping through the entire psalm. So we'll just begin. It says, the psalmist begins and says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go to meet with God? And you know, no matter how hard times get, I find that breakthroughs that we need in our lives always start with this yearning for God and who he is. You know, the Bible says in the book of Matthew to seek first his kingdom, to yearn for him, to earnestly seek him. But over time, I find, maybe this is just, just in me, that life's hardships can, you know, sometimes reduce that yearning from what it once was, from what it used to be. What may have been once an earnest desire to know more of God can become just going through the motions, trying to survive from day to day. My family is on a health diet, and so far, I have survived. I know the Bible says that Man shall not live on bread alone, but I don't know who decided that bread had to be unhealthy. It's not, it's not right. Bread should be in health foods. It should be right up there, but, but it's not. But I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm doing good. And, you know, the interesting thing about taking a diet is that as you go on it, your body starts to get used to the new diet you're on. And this is true as well if you've ever, if you've ever been fasting. And what it does is it does this amazing thing where it will actually adjust the metabolism in order to adjust for the food you're getting in. And what this does is it means that you won't get as hungry as it used to be. What used to be, oh, now I'm really hungry, and now you're like, oh, well, I've been on this diet for a while. My body's now gotten used to it. I'm, I'm not as hungry as I once was. And while this may be good for diets and fasting, I think that same thing can happen with our spiritual metabolism. We can adjust to not hungering for God as we once did. We can get used to not yearning for him. 
and that is not healthy as it is in the diet. When was the last time you remember just an earnest desire and just a hunger for God? Not even to ask him for anything, not even to look to get something from him, or God, I need this, God, I need this. But as the psalmist says, I just need you. When can I go meet with you? When can I just be in your presence? You know, with the woman at the well, Jesus is talking to her, and it says in John chapter 4, verse 13, that he says to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whomever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So if I just drink this water. That wasn't planned, but I felt that was appropriate. But no matter how many times I drink that water, eventually I will get thirsty again. But what God offers us is a continual outpouring of his spirit, a continual seeking for him, a continual yearning for him, the woman says to him, give me this water. And I think that's how we need to act before God. We can say, just give me your presence. Give me your water. Give me your word, Father God. I remember in, in summer camp, I don't know if anyone's gone, everyone been to a, like a, a church summer camp or any sort of summer camps. They're a lot of fun. But no matter how fun they are in the day, one thing that I remember from the camp that I went to is that in the evening we would all gather together and we would go into this, just this little little church, mainly it was a warehouse, you know, out, out in the field, and we would just begin to worship. And in that moment, whatever the differences were, whatever maybe arguments you may have had in the day didn't matter, you were just honestly worshiping God. And it is still one of the most beautiful moments I have from that time of just worshiping him with an open heart. To say, as the psalmist says, I yearn for him. I need to be in his presence. I have to be there. I have to seek him. The psalmist continues and says that my tears have been my food. Day and night, while people say to me all the day long, where is your God? You know, the psalmist here feels forgotten. He feels lost. He might wonder, as we sometimes do, how did, how did God get me here? Have you ever been in that moment? I know, I know I have when you sometimes say, hey, God, I didn't think it would kind of play out this way. Maybe it's at work or maybe it's at school where you're saying, you know, I didn't think that this is where I'd be. I didn't think this would be allowed to happen to me. What, what's going on? Why did this happen? And in those moments, just like the psalmist, it's easy to feel abandoned. It's easy to feel lost. And out of hope, because sometimes, you know, life doesn't always go how we like. We have joy in the Holy Spirit. We have joy in Jesus, but that doesn't mean good things always happen all the time, every time. But we don't need to be afraid in those moments to come before God. I think sometimes in those moments, we're almost afraid to come before him as if we have to put on an act. We come before God and say, everything's great. Everything's good, Father. Just continue to bless me. But the Bible says in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yes, sometimes we can hurt and we're burdened, but we don't have to use that as being afraid to come before God, but coming before Christ. He already knows that we are. He just wants us as we are to 
poor before him. And I think the psalmist is remembering this. As he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these down, he continues as he's thinking of this. He says, these things I remember in verse 4, as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Do you remember when you first knew God? When all that mattered was just this overwhelming joy that you were saved, that you knew Christ, when we had a pure, just love of God, as God says, as a child come to him. Do you remember all the prayers that he's answered since then? All the moments of faith, the moments of miracles that has led to this moment. I think it's important to remind ourselves to speak audibly of those miracles of the things he has done to recite them to ourselves. I remember when I was really young and I was forced dragged off to practice. I was just a, a kid at the time, and practice was where you had no electronics. That's, that's basically what it was. But I remember in that moment, just being a young kid, I would just listen, and I would hear just the band begin to worship. And I would hear them begin to praise. And sometimes they would mess up, and they would do it, but then they would just keep on worshiping. And they would just keep on praising. And it was such a beautiful sound. And since that moment, I reminded of all the things that God has done in my life since then, he's looked out for me here. He's gone and reached me there. And I think it's important in all of our lives that we remind ourselves, oh yeah, God blessed me there. He looked out for me here. He went and just, just was with me there when I needed him. It's important that we not forget those moments, that we repeat those moments to us, especially when times are hard, especially when times are not going as well as we would hope. To, re to remember all the miraculous things that God has just done in our lives and to pour it out to us. Then Psalmist, in verse 5, he continues, he says, So why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. It's important to praise God, to worship God in your time of sorrow, in times of hurt, when times are not great, to pour out your spirit on him and say, no matter how bad things are right now, I am going to worship him. No matter how insurmountable they may seem, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to give you the glory. I'm going to give you the honor. You know... I have a story, a bit of a funny story, which means it probably came from my grandfather. I don't know exactly who told it to my first, but my grandfather, he's in heaven now looking down, I'm sure, hearing more stories from Peter and everyone just so he could gather them. But one of them is this. You had this fellow. That's how you can tell it's an older one because we don't use fellow anymore. He was stuck on a rooftop in a flood. And he was praying to God for help. He didn't have any way to get out. The waters were raising up around him. So soon, a man in a rowboat came by. And, the, and the, he shouted to the man on the roof and said, Come in, I can save you. The stranded uh, man on the roof shouted back, No, no, it's all good. It's okay. 
I'm praying to God, and he is going to save me. So the robot went on. Then a motorboat came by. Water was a little bit higher at this point, kind of reached a little bit of the windows, and he said, jump in. I can save you. Man says, nope, no thanks. I'm praying to God, and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the motorboat went on. Then the water goes a little bit higher. It goes a little bit higher, and it gets nearly to the top of the roof. There's not much time left, and a helicopter comes on by, and the pilot shouts down and says, grab this rope. I will lift you to safety. And the stranded man replies, no thanks. I'm praying to God, and he is going to save me. I have faith. So the helicopter, reluctantly, because he had some wisdom there, flew away on what was going to happen. But soon the waters rose above the rooftop, and understandably, the man drowned. When he went to heaven, he discussed his beef with God. And he said, as if in heaven we actually have the courage to discuss any form of beef with God, but this is, this is a story. So he says, I had faith in you, and you didn't save me. Why? Why, God? And God said, I sent you a rowboat, I sent you a motorboat, and I sent you a helicopter. What else did you want? And I think that's just a funny story of saying, you know what, faith without actions is dead. But just like the man on the roof, I think sometimes God moves in our life. God sends us rowboats. God sends us motorboats. He sends us helicopters, and we don't even know it's him. And we cry to God and say, where are you in this moment? But we don't see the miracles, the faith, the things that he sent us, the things that he has reached us that are important to remember, that are important to hold on to, that are important to repeat. The psalmist, I think, is remembering all those moments when he says that my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and your breakers have swept over me. And I think this is just when the grace of God just begins to move. When I hear deep calls to deep, what I think about that even in our deepest sorrow, even in deepest pain, we cry out to the deepness of God, to the deepness of his mercy, to the deepness of his grace. Then in our deep pain, we yearn for the deepness of our God. And like the ocean, I think God just pours out his Holy Spirit in that moment. That he just pours it out on us. It's one of the reasons I just so, so adore worship. I just love it so much. When we worship, we actually do it, not because it sounds good, but because it just makes our God happy. It just pleases him so much when we worship. But even more than that, it's just this intimate moment with him. It's this moment where we can put everything aside and we can just bask in his presence and we can just get filled with the Holy Spirit. But life still has its troubles, even when we worship, even when he prays, and hurts are still very real. They, they exist. They, we still feel them. So the psalmist continues and says, By the day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. His worship is in me. His praise is in me. And I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy, and my bones suffer mortal agony? 
as my foes taunt me, saying to me all the day long, where is your God? You know, I read that, and if you had just seen this verse or maybe seen someone praying it, and you didn't know that it was from a psalm, you said, oh, I, I, I would never say that. I, I, God would never forget me. No, no, no. But, but this, is just, this is just the psalmist pouring out his heart. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he was actually quoting a psalm when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was a reference to a psalm. There are some psalms that are actually prophecies. Those are beautiful as well. I think that one's Psalms 23, if you go and read it. And the psalmist, I think, Jesus in that moment, he was just making a connection with the psalmist. Of course, Jesus is God. He knew his God wouldn't forsake him. But you can, you can kind of feel what that psalmist is feeling in that moment of hurt, in that moment of pain. We can be honest when we come before the Lord to say the hurt we have or the hurt that we're feeling. It's okay to come before God and just be honest. But then follow that honesty up with why my soul are you downcast in verse 11? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. I will worship him, my Savior and my God, so we continue to worship and we continue to praise and we continue to remind ourselves of his goodness and his wonderful deeds and that the Bible says that this kingdom is not of this world. And that is never truer than when we just begin to pour out our worship to God. When we pour out our hurt to him and our pain to him and we say, God, I need you. God, I seek you. And we just begin to worship him. And we just begin to praise him. And we just remind our souls to give glory to God. To give honor to God. To just begin to worship God. Maybe you're going through hard times this morning. Or maybe you're watching online whether now or far into the future. And do you have that comforter? We say, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is our comforter, as I mentioned earlier. It says in the book of Matthew, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Our rest is found in Jesus. But if you're watching online, or maybe even in this morning, and you haven't had that personal relationship with Jesus, that's where the moment of rest and the moment of comfort starts. He is our eternal comforter. He is our... He is our Lord and our Savior, and our hearts yearn to worship him. Our hearts yearn to praise him. And it can for you, too. Maybe you're going through some hard times. Maybe you're going through some tough times, and you just don't know what to do. There is someone who cares. There is someone who knows you. There is someone who loves you, and that's Jesus. And if you cry out to him, it says he went to the cross to pay for our sins. And if you believe in him, he will enter you, and he will give you rest. Let me just pray for you this morning. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would pour out not just in this place this morning, but to everyone who is watching online, no matter where they be, no matter when they be. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fall upon this place. And for those of us who may not be going through some great times, I pray for honesty in you, Lord, that we would come before you and we would pour out our pains and our hurts and we would just follow it with an earnest worship, an earnest desire to know you. And that for anyone within the sound of my voice who is listening, who has not for themselves, not through their parents, not through their brothers, not through their sisters, not through anyone else, or because they went to church once, but for themselves has not cried out to you, Jesus, and says, I need you. 
I pray that you would pour into them right now, that they would cry out and say, Jesus, I'm going to give this a shot. Jesus, I for myself, not because of anyone else, I for myself am going to call out to you and just see what happens. And I pray that you would pour into them this morning, that you would pour in your love and your abundant peace that only comes through the Holy Spirit. In your name, amen.